Folks, this is an all-age service today, and that means that in contrast to our normal services, we, we'll all try to stay together. I, I say try because I'm, I, I used to think that all-age services were great and that families loved them and that they were a blessing to families, and then we had kids of our own. Um, and I, I learned a different... Actually, Claire helped me understand a different side of the coin. I'm usually at the front, so it's fine. Uh, if you're in the pew with a wee one today who's struggling to keep pace with us, we don't have our normal crash on, but in the same place in the hall, there's, uh, the facilities are there, the hall is there, there are toys in the, the cupboard. Go and grab some toys, entertain yourselves there whatever way you need to. Um, feel free to go out, and, and if you feel able to come back in, whatever. So um, we're, we're going to try and be together, but we will understand if uh, for one or two that becomes difficult. Just feel free to come and go at your leisure. I was here on Friday evening, and uh, a good number of you were here with us, and we had a very, very different kind of service. It was a dark evening, and this morning it's beautiful and bright. It was a quiet and quite uh, serious kind of a service, nobody saying a word. And here this morning already we've made a, a racket and I've almost blown my voice on the first hymn. Friday night was, was serious and sad, and today already with a sense of something very different, a lot of joy uh, as we gather here together. So what's happened? What's changed? Well, we've been studying the Jesus story together here these last few months. We've been learning about Jesus, the one who preached and healed and who was strong enough to exercise power over nature, who raised people from the dead, who even claimed to be able to forgive people their sins. As we've read Luke's account, we've begun to see who Jesus is. He, the only conclusion that makes any real sense is to say that he's God among us. God among us. And in recent weeks, as we've been more persuaded by Jesus' identity, we've started to ask the question, well, why has he come? And last week, in our, those of you who were here with us, you'll know that as we studied Luke chapter 9 together, Jesus started to tell us what lay ahead for him, why he had come. In that chapter, he told his friends, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and he must be killed. That's what we read about here on Friday night, the, the suffering, the rejection of Jesus, and how he was finally killed. That's why our gathering here was serious and sad. But that's not all that Jesus told his friends, is it? He went on to tell them that after he'd be killed, something else would happen, that he'd rise again on the third day. We're here this morning to celebrate that, to celebrate that Jesus' promise, his prediction came true. We're going to continue here the story that we finished on Friday night, but it's going to take quite a dramatic turn. I'm reading from Mark's gospel, the opening verses of chapter 16. 
When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, Who'll roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right-hand side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you'll see him just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. This morning we're going to think more about Jesus dying and his rising and what that means. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that we can gather here today, this Easter Sunday morning, with hearts full of joy, with a hope that nothing will ever put out. Jesus, your Son, who lived among us, who died for us, rose from the dead, and he promised that for any of us who trust in him, that we too could follow him through death and rise from our graves. Lord, we pray that as we think about this a little bit more this morning, you'll expand our hearts, give us a greater space for the joy that you want to give us. Give us an even greater sense of hope that with you, all things will be well. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been thinking about God's rescue plan. And just now we're going to watch a wee video, hear a story uh, about that. Um, It's a story for for the children. Uh, I don't apologize for that. It's in a format that the youngest of our kids will enjoy and understand. But I don't, want, I don't want the adults to miss this. It's, it's a beautifully written story and very profound. So pay attention and you'll enjoy it too. Um, boys and girls, as you watch this, I want you to try to look out for something, okay? We played a game where I had you saying lots of times, may I take your place, may I take your place. In this story, somebody will take somebody else's place. I want you to work out who is taking another person's place, because I'm going to ask you about that after we watch this video. Okay. The sun stops shining. So you're a king, are you? The Roman soldiers jeered. Ah, then you'll need a crown and a robe. They gave Jesus a crown made out of thorns and put a purple robe on him and pretended to bow down to him. Oh, your majesty, they said. Then they whipped him and spat on him. 
They didn't understand this was the Prince of Life, the King of Heaven and Earth, who had come to rescue them. The soldiers made him a sign, Our King, and nailed it to a wooden cross. They walked up a hill outside the city. Jesus carried the cross on his back. Jesus had never done anything wrong, but they were going to kill him the way criminals were killed. They nailed Jesus to the cross. Father, forgive them, Jesus gasped. They don't understand what they're doing. You say you've come to rescue us, people shouted. You can't even rescue yourself. But they were wrong. Jesus could have rescued himself. A legion of angels would have flown to his side if he'd called. If you were really the Son of God, you could just climb down off that cross, they said. And of course they were right. Jesus could have just climbed down. Actually, he could have just said a word and made it all stop, like when he healed that little girl and stilled the storm and fed 5,000 people. But Jesus stayed. You see, they didn't understand. It wasn't the nails that kept Jesus there. It was love. Papa? Jesus cried, frantically searching the sky. Papa? Where are you? Don't leave me! And for the first time, and the last, when he spoke, nothing happened. Just a horrible, endless silence. God didn't answer. He turned away from his boy. Tears rolled down Jesus' face, the face of the one who would wipe away every tear from every eye. Even though it was midday, a dreadful darkness covered the face of the world. The sun could not shine. The earth trembled and quaked. The great mountains shook. Rocks split in two until it seemed that the whole world would break. The creation itself would tear apart. The full force of the storm of God's fierce anger at sin was coming down on his own son instead of his people. It was the only way God could destroy sin and not destroy his children, whose hearts were filled with sin. Then Jesus shouted out in a loud voice, It is finished! And it was he had done it. Jesus had rescued the whole world. Father, Jesus cried, I give you my life. And with a great sigh, he let himself die. Strange clouds and shadows filled the sky, purple, orange, black, like a bruise, Jesus' friends gently carried Jesus. They laid Jesus in a new tomb, carved out of rock. 
How could Jesus die? What had gone wrong? What did it mean? They didn't know anything anymore, except they did know that their hearts were breaking. Ah, that's the end of Jesus, the leaders said. But just to be sure, they sent strong soldiers to guard the tomb. They hauled a huge stone in front of the door to the tomb so that no one could get in or out. Boys and girls, before we watch that video, I asked you to think um, about who was taking someone else's place. Anybody, any ideas who in that video was taking uh, someone's place? Yeah? Jesus was taking our place when he died on the cross. That's, that, that's the amazing message of Good Friday. It's why we call Good Friday good. The man telling the story put it in, in a very powerful way. He said, the full force of the storm of God's anger at sin was coming down on his own son instead of his people. That's, that's us. It was the only way God could destroy sin and not destroy his children whose hearts were filled with sin. Boys and girls, we, we were just playing a game about, about playing dead. Um, whenever we first practiced and you had a go at it, you realized it's very hard to play dead for a long time. Some people think that Jesus Christ never died, that he was half alive, taken from his cross, put in a grave and stayed there for three days and then felt better and came out. But the truth is that Jesus did die. He, the, the Roman soldiers who were experts at ending a person's life, they all agreed that this man is dead. They took him from a cross and they buried him. So we're going to watch another video just now where we get a chance to think about Jesus who was dead but then rose again. So watch again uh, this wee video. God's wonderful surprise. Jesus' friends were sad. They would never see their best friend again. How could this happen? Wasn't Jesus the rescuer, the king God had promised? It wasn't supposed to end like this. Yes, but who ever said anything about the end? Just before sunrise, on the third day, God sent an earthquake and an angel from heaven. When the guards saw the angel, they fell down with fright. The angel rolled the huge stone away, sat on top of it and waited. At the first glimmer of dawn, Mary Magdalene and other women headed to the tomb to wash Jesus' body. The early morning sun slanted through the ancient olive trees, drops of dew glittering on leaves and grasses, little tears everywhere. The friends walked quietly along the hilly path through the olive groves until they reached the tomb and immediately noticed something odd. It was wide open. They peered through the opening into the dark tomb. But wait, Jesus' body was gone. And something else. A shining man was there with 
clothes made from lightning. Don't be scared, the angel said. But they couldn't help it. They screamed anyway. The angel asked them, What are you doing here? This is a tomb and tombs are for dead people. The women couldn't speak. Jesus isn't dead anymore, he said. He's alive again. And their hearts leapt. And then the angel laughed with such gladness that they felt for a moment as if they had woken from a nightmare. The other women rushed home, but Mary stayed behind. How could it be true? Jesus was definitely dead. How could he be alive? Just then, Mary heard someone else in the garden. Perhaps it's the gardener, she thought. He'll know where Jesus' body is. I don't know where Jesus is, Mary said urgently. I can't find him. But it was all right. Jesus knew where she was, and he had found her. Mary. Only one person said her name like that. She could hear her heart thumping. She turned around. She could just make out a figure. She shaded her eyes to see and thought she was dreaming. But she wasn't dreaming. She was seeing Jesus. Mary fell to the ground. Sudden tears filled her eyes, and great sobs shook her whole body, and all she wanted in that moment was to cling to Jesus and never let him go. You'll be able to hold on to me later, Mary, Jesus said gently, and always be close to me. But now go and tell the others that I'm alive. Mary ran and ran all the way to the city. She had never run so fast or so far in all her life. She felt she could have run forever. She didn't even feel like her feet touched the ground. The sun seemed to be dancing and gleaming and bounding across the sky, racing with her and shining brighter than she could ever remember in the clear, fresh air. And it seemed to her that morning, as she ran, almost as if the whole world had been made anew, almost as if the whole world was singing for joy. The trees, tiny sounds in the grass, the birds, her heart. Was God really making everything sad come untrue? Was he making even death come untrue? She couldn't wait to tell Jesus' friends. They won't believe it, she laughed. She was right, of course. Boys and girls, do you see what we've learned in our two wee stories today? We have learned that Jesus came... He died, and he said, may I take your place? But we've seen as well that he didn't stay dead, that God's power was stronger than the power of death, and he raised him from the dead. So that's why today is such a celebration for us. That's why we love Easter Sunday. There's a lovely line in uh, this Jesus Storybook Bible. 
says that God was making everything sad come untrue. He was making even death come untrue. Boys and girls, that's something that you might find, well, I don't know what that sounds like to you, but I know as a grown-up that I hope and pray that that's right, that God is making all things new. That's why we celebrate each Easter Sunday morning.